Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Open spiritually blinded eyes to the truth. Jesus fulfilled this physically. He healed blind people and spiritually. The Bible tells us that Satan blinds spiritual eyes in the unbelievers so they don't understand the Bible. They don't understand. And last week, guaranteed, there were people who heard the message crystal clear from God, but it went right over their head because their eyes are blinded. Well, I'm a good person. I don't what do you mean good people don't go to heaven. You're crazy. I'm fine. Jesus wants us to be free. Jesus wants us to know the truth. Satan wants to keep us blinded to the truth of freedom through Christ. We all have friends or relatives that no matter how the gospel is presented to them, just don't seem to understand what's being said. Pastor Mark will teach about the role of the Holy Spirit in opening our eyes to the reality of Jesus and salvation. In addition, we'll learn of Jesus' role in breaking bondages, both physical and spiritual. God is for us, and to prove it, he sent Jesus to repair the damage that mankind did to themselves as a result of the fall in the Garden of Eden. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study, God Wants to Provide for Us and Through Us. If you leave today and you get nothing, you walk out the door and go like, well, that was pretty cool, but what am I supposed to do with that? Then I failed. Everything that I work toward is the correct interpretation of the scripture, but how to apply it in your life. That's why I give you these points. Verse 21, what's his application going to be? Look at me just for a second. We don't know how long his application was. All we get is one sentence. But it's the most powerful sentence those people will ever hear. They just get one sentence from Jesus. He could have gone on. He could have explained it more. We don't really know. All we get is one sentence. Look at verse 21. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, you could have heard a pin drop. These Jewish people were shocked. What was he saying? This is fulfilled? What does he mean by that? Here's what I want you to write down. They understood it. This is what Jesus was saying. Take a look at this. Jesus is saying, number one, I am. When you see I am through the Old Testament, it's always God. I am God, the Messiah, and I've been sent to meet your needs. In other words, I'm here. That which was predicted 700 years ago, I am him. And I've come from God to minister to your needs. 
he is then going to outline, I just read you, what his ministry goals look like. And understand why Jesus came. Why do people have needs? People have needs because of sin. See, when Adam and Eve were created, God didn't say to them, well, what needs do you have? They weren't broken. They didn't have depression. They weren't imprisoned. They weren't sick. They didn't need to be touched and healed. They didn't need to be encouraged. They were perfect until sin came. And when sin came, needs came. All kinds of needs. You're here today. We're human. You're going to see rejection. You're going to see hurt. You're going to see depression. You're going to see oppression. You're going to see all kinds of blindness. We don't get it. You understand that's the world we live in. So that's why God sent. You see, when Satan and sin came, hurts, needs, bondages, brokenness, spiritual blindness, physical distress just swamps our world. Why do you think we're doing the Serene Harbor? Because that's a safe home for women who have been abused and their children. We can't tell you where it is. It's a hidden place. Now, why are they there? Because sin has destroyed the home. And we're going to care for them. Is that a good thing? See, we do what Jesus would do. That's why one can, once a month we do. These kids don't, in our, in our community, many of our kids, on a weekend, there's no food for them. That's amazing, isn't it? And so, Jesus knew this, and he's outlining the ministry. I want you to write this morning what that looks like. It all starts with good news. So here's, write this down. This is what Jesus is still doing today. No, number one, good news. Forgive people of their sins. See, preach the good news. The good news is that anyone can be forgiven and cleansed from their sins. That's what we saw last week. If we had the guys in the prison, we're well over 300 people's lives were changed. Why? One main reason, because their sins have been forgiven, cleansed. By the way, the church is the only one that has good news. You can put any channel you want on. There's no channel with good news all the time. Jesus Christ is the only church that has good news. Can I hear an amen right there? We have it. We have it. We have it. That's why you need to be in church to understand that. Now, Jesus didn't come, though, just to forgive people. The greatest need is spiritual. Can't get to heaven. But he didn't come just to save people, to get them to heaven. He came, as John 10 says, to give us abundant life. Now, if I'm going to have abundant life, I have to learn how to handle my sin. And I have to learn how to handle the hurts of life. I'd like to say to you this morning that once you become a Christian, there's no more hurts. <laughs> You've been a Christian a week, you already know different, don't you? By the way, that will be a video because some people are going to say, now that I'm a Christian, is everything going to go perfect in my life? Can you say to them, no. So we deal with hurts and rejection and people hurting us, stabbing us in the back, all kinds of, we deal with it every day. So how is that going to work in my life? I have to learn to allow Jesus to minister to me. Now, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. Look at the second. Good news. Heal broken hearts. Sin breaks hearts, and sin shatters lives. Guaranteed this morning, you know a family where sin shattered the family. Kids are affected. The next generation is affected. 
You saw Christina's video last week. Where did that plunge into sin start? A divorce in the home. What causes that? Sin in the hearts of people. Now, God can heal that. Remember, I talked about the woman with adultery. Sin, habits. So, all around us every day, there are people with broken hearts. We're the only place that can say to them, you know what? God can heal your broken heart emotionally. See, Jesus didn't come just to touch us spiritually. He came to touch us physically and emotionally. That's who we are, body, soul, spirit. And this is the ministry that Jesus has in us and through us. Next, good news. Open spiritually blinded eyes to the truth. Jesus fulfilled this physically. He healed blind people and spiritually. The Bible tells us that Satan blinds spiritual eyes in the unbelievers so they don't understand the Bible. They don't understand. And last week, guaranteed, there were people who heard the message crystal clear from God, but it went right over their head because their eyes are blinded. Well, I, I'm a good person. I don't, what do you mean good people don't go to heaven? You're crazy. I'm fine. Well, how did that happen? Because Satan has blinded their eyes. Do you remember what, when God touched Saul, who became Paul, what was one of his missions? What did he say? I'm sending you to open blinded eyes. Now, how does blinded eyes get open? I can't open any blind eye. You can't open. God does. And what's he do? When it opens, the Bible comes alive. See, before you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Bible is just a page, just some print. When you have it in, all of a sudden, the teacher, which is not me, which is the Holy Spirit, he begins to teach you what the Word says. Your eyes are open. It's strange. It's weird. I, I never knew that. Well, I get it. That's exactly what happens. So Jesus is going to teach those things. You know, one of the things he's going to teach is, doesn't matter how rich you are. That ain't going to satisfy. Oh, it will satisfy. The longer we go in life, the older we get, the less crud, the more garage sales we have. We like this word when you get older. Simple is better. Can I hear it? It just is. Because all the rest of this junk is just junk. It's crazy. Now, next thing, when you see this, Good news, free people from satanic bondages. You say, Pastor Mark, are there people that really are demon-possessed today in our world? Well, I can guarantee you that most of ISIS is demon-possessed. Not only ISIS, but many people. Understand that sin imprisons a person, but Jesus can set them free. That's amazing to me. When a person becomes a Christ follower, they're freed from the slavery of sin, legalism, and demonism. He who the Son sets free, finish it with me, is free indeed. Amen. Next, good news. Break oppression and depression with hope from God. Our world is filled with depression and oppression. Just two or three weeks ago, a plane went down. Why did the plane go down? Oppression and what in the pilot? Depression. From who? From God? No, not from God. From Satan. All those people died. He could have been free. Why that happened? No hope. The hope of the world is Jesus. We have that. He didn't know it. But see, depression is 
different than just that kind. There's all kinds of things. We get depressed and whatever. We have to understand, in in Jesus' day, the Jewish people were depressed. 613 rules. Keep them all. Good luck. And so they felt they could never be right. Rules, religion, regulations, ritual. And here comes Jesus with hope, truth, and grace. And look back at verse 19. This is huge. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What was Jesus saying he was doing there? Here's good news, the last thing. God is for you. See, most people this morning walking into a church, when they heard grace last week, undeserved favor from God that didn't resonate with them. Because they had the wrong concept of God. God's angry, can't ever be pleased, but God wants to bless people. God's not against us. He's for us. Everything you and I have this morning is a gift from God. Everything. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor with a smile this morning. And maybe you're new. Relax. Your neighbor will love you. And they're going to say this word to you. They're going to turn to you and point their finger at you and say this. God is for you with a smile. Just go ahead and do that to your neighbor right now. Come on. Point the finger. He's for you. How many are glad he's not against us? How many if he's against us, we're toast. We're gone. God is for us. So to those Jewish people, that was a huge principle. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Mark, man, these ministry goals are amazing, impressive. They're needed. But Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. Who in the world is going to take these truths to our world? Turn with me in your Bibles. I'm so glad you asked. John chapter 20, if you will. And you're going to see where it starts. Today, Jesus is in heaven. But after he went to the grave and was resurrected, he is risen, he's risen, Jesus is alive. All right, don't you like that song? That's a great song. After he is risen, he goes and talks with his disciples. By the way, during that whole process of crucifixion, were the disciples oppressed and depressed? Yeah, because they didn't get it until he met with them. Now, look what he says to his disciples. He's going back to heaven. Here's what he says. John 20, 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus is saying to his disciples, what you've watched me do, you're going to do. You're going to do. What is he saying to us 2,000 years later? What we're going to watch Jesus do as we go through the book of Luke? Those same ministry principles I just gave you? You and I are going to do that. We are going to meet the needs of hurting people. See, you were born not just to get saved. Of course you were. But you were born to minister to the needs of hurting people. There everywhere around us. And sometimes we do really good at Easter, and you guys did very good inviting. You were fantastic. But Easter's over. Are there any hurting needs out there today? Well, of course. Many of those people around us need the touch 
of Jesus. So here's what I want you to write. Two things, and I'll give you time to write it this morning. This is the application to the teaching. Jesus is not here anymore. We're his representatives. Number one, Christ followers are the mouth, hands, and feet of Jesus. That's why you're here. You invited with your mouth. Your feet, you went to people. You may have touched people, shook their hand, cried with them last week, whatever. Our videos that are going to go out are going to go out and encourage people. So, number one, you're the mouth, hands, and feet of Jesus. And number two, you have to understand this. You you can't be that until God touches you. Some of you are not a Christian yet. You maybe didn't make it last week or you weren't ready, but today, ask God to forgive you of your sins and start this thing called the Christian life, greatest lifestyle in the world. I'll give you an opportunity before we take communion. So I can't minister to other people the truth until I've been ministered to. So God wants to provide for us and then through us. Now, all that happens because of really good stuff. It happens because what you did last week, again, you got out of your comfort zone. You invited people. You served. You ministered. God honored that. You know, the real reason that last weekend was best weekend we've ever had in this church is because we prayed. Over and over again, we prayed. God honors prayer. He just simply honors prayer. You have a bracelet that says that. Pray first. But see, lots of people forget that the ministry is in the church, but then it's outside the church. A healthy church does a number of things. You're here inside these walls for a reason. But ministry, most ministry does not happen inside walls. It happens outside the walls. Look at that as you, as you walk out of that street over there. Look at that. There's homes. There's a workplace. There's a school. Hurting people are in our neighborhoods. They're all over our neighborhoods. They're in schools. You guys are in college and high school. They're all over the place, junior high. They're at the workplace. Somebody walk up to you and say, my husband just walked out on me. Or my wife left me and left me with the kids. We never used to hear that. We hear that a lot now. What's that person? They're broken. They're hurt. Why did they tell you? Because you're the only one that has hope. And you're going to give it to Jesus. And direct them. Pray with them. It'll be a process. So can I challenge you that... Continue the ministry you've been doing. You guys did great. But Easter's over. But the world isn't over. They're still hurting people absolutely everywhere. They're starving for the truth. We have the only truth. God has given us his word so we can know the truth about life and eternity. Now, what does a healthy church look like? Well, there's actually seven keys in Acts chapter 2. We don't have time to go there. But I just want to show you what the healthy church looks like. Here it is. Number one, we're a learning church. We're here learning together. Amen? What are we learning today? Time magazine. No, we're learning what? The Bible. That's why you want to bring a Bible. You need to know the Bible. That's alive. It teaches us. I'm learning some new things. We have this uh, wonderful young lady, Elena, on our staff, and she's an expert in social media, Facebook, Twitter, all these kind of things. Well, she came to me and said, She's been doing a lot of things, and it helps get people here because this next young generation, what's it about? Social media, everywhere. And she said to me, I've seen a couple pastors. On a Monday, they do a little uh, summary of the sermon for the weekend, or they do other things. So I said, okay, I'll try it. So this Monday, 
she came into the office and I did a, like a, I can't even remember, maybe a three minute little summary of the Easter service, okay? And uh, I did that on Wednesday. She just had her iPhone there and I just talked to her and whatever. And, and it, you can go to Calvary CCM, Facebook, Calvary CCM, not my page, but Calvary's page, and you can see the video. And, and it went up on Wednesday. By Friday, 5,000 people have viewed it. It's a different world. It's a different world. You say, well, did that matter? Well, they got the truth, 5,000 people, that maybe many of them never even been in church. You see, we have to keep learning, right? If you stop learning, you stop living. I heard four people say yes. I don't know. <laughs> Let me read these statistics again. You're going to get, you're going to die like soon, real soon. So we have to understand, by the way, I'm going to do more of those every week. I'm going to do it on my exercise bike. I'm going to do it out in the field over here to shake it up a little bit. Is that all right? Okay. Now, next, it's a loving church. Do you know that people think when they look at big churches, they think it's impersonal and not loving. I want you to understand something. Last week, the 250 or the 100, another 100, 100 whatever, 300, 400, doesn't really matter. Every single one of the 300 or 400 is a person that has a name. This isn't numbers. These are people like you and me. We love them because Jesus loved us first. So we're a loving church. Would you just touch your neighbor and say, I'm a loving person. Go ahead. Just, just tell them that right now. Come on. I'm a loving person. All right, couples, cut it out. Let's move back to some of the other things. Next, it's a worshiping church. And the worshiping church, aren't you so glad for all of our worship leaders? They're amazing people. The bands and the people, just awesome. It's awesome. And last... See, I can tell you because I've been doing this for many, many years in many different venues. A church that starts going inward is already gone. Thank you for not being an inward church. See, the only church that's healthy is a church that learns inside but takes the truth outside. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why the church is growing, because we're doing it. God's way, way to go. How are these people going to respond when Jesus says, I am he in his hometown? What's that going to look like? Well, look at verse 22. Initially, pretty good. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. So it looks pretty good, but watch what this next statement is. Say what? Isn't this the carpenter's son that couldn't saw a piece of wood straight? He's calling himself the Messiah? So what happened? They moved from faith to what? Doubt. We learn that God is for us and that through Jesus, he wants to set us free from the consequences of sin. Pastor Mark reminded us that as Christ followers, we're the mouth, hands, and feet of Jesus. Church attendance is vital to a healthy spiritual life and continued growth in the knowledge of Christ. And reaching out to others is a result of our new life in Christ. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will be illustrating what a healthy church looks like. He will continue to stress the importance of paying attention to what Jesus did and how he reacted to events and people in his life. Because we should be reacting likewise. We'll also see the examples of Jesus' honesty and how it sometimes was divisive. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.